1: On one lap to go from Chicago Lance Speedwood. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Bad job. Trying to take the lead away. Job. Oh, the 18 into the line. Going into three for the lead. Here comes the 18. He puts the, ball oh, my to the back goodness. of it! The 42 seconds! <laughs>
2: everybody welcome into nascar america carol Mano, parker clickerman and the mayor jeff burton is here as well slide job social reaction from the race <laughs> pouring in last night there was so much to choose from here is the one that we like the best
1: and here comes larson down to the bottom of the racetrack
2: slide job!
1: trying to take the lead away
2: slide job! <laughs> right. oh jeff this is amazing what have you made of all of this
3: you know, yesterday was so much fun. Uh, I am so lucky to be part of a group that just absolutely loves racing and, and to have a chance to, to work with Dale Jr., with, with Steve and Rick and everybody involved. It's that energy yesterday that the drivers brought. The drivers and the teams and the track made that race absolutely awesome. And to watch it with a group of friends, really that's what we are, a group of friends watching a NASCAR race and talking about it, it was just so much fun. I'm still excited. I, I I woke up early this morning, ready to go, excited to do this show. I mean, it was just so much fun. The energy at that track yesterday was just incredible.
2: All of the social stuff just put such a smile on our face when we were doing victory lap after it, the race. It
3: definitely did. And I,
4: I was the same way. I woke up this morning, and I just wanted to re-watch that last couple <laughs> laps. And I think I've watched like a hundred times. It was just so <laughs> awesome. I love the call. Our whole team did a great job. And uh, I actually found myself re-watching the race again just before the show on NBCSN. Hey, and we're going to look it.
2: at it a couple more times yes, over the next hour. Exciting. But we want you to send us all your slide jobs, impressions, your memes everything on social you can use the hashtag nascar america or victory lap whatever you want because um, we want to hear more stuff from you but let's look back at the highlights from sunday's race it was a hot one at chicago low to mid 90s on sunday but it felt way hotter than that and inside the cars it was absolutely boiling your pole winner paul menard in the 21 ryan blaney in the 12 leading the pack onto the track and clint boyer took the lead early in stage one, but Parker mistakes proving so costly and he was so fast. Yeah,
4: he had a really fast race car. It looked like another Stuart Haas race car was maybe gonna dominate a mile
2: and a half and he got by Ryan
4: Blaney there, but then he comes down pit road, he speeds on pit road. Then he has to serve that penalty. He speeds again. So then he has to come back down and actually do a stop and go in his box and Jeff, he won the award for basically the most stops possible in stage one, I think. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Eric, Amarola. they didn't want that one. <laughs> yeah, that's not one you want to win. Eric Gombarola, looking dominant, picked up a stage one victory, led a career high 70 laps. But Jeff, it, it wasn't his day in the end.
3: Yeah, it wasn't. Eric ran great. Unfortunately, he had problems, and you know, What I was so impressed with is he drove away from Kevin Harvick, but he had to come down pit road. He felt like he had a loose wheel, he ended up being right, had a loose wheel, unfortunately Later in the race, he had another loose wheel. So all the work he had done to get it back went away again.
2: And then more drama involving Stuart Haas drivers, Parker. Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch going toe to toe here. Yeah,
4: for the stage win, Kevin would get real close on that right quarter panel of Kurt Busch and get him actually sideways by taking the air off of him to win that stage. But you know what it proves? How important these stages are to these drivers now.
2: Yeah, valuable playoff point on the line. Kevin Harvick said as much. We're going to hear from both of them. But with five laps to go, Jeff, you had Kyle Busch with a little bit of trouble here involving Ryan Newman. Stingy, stingy Newman.
3: (laughs) Oh, Ryan Newman, he's hard to pass all the time and he just didn't get that pass made. And then Kyle Busch stuck in the middle, Kurt Busch rather, stuck in the middle behind his brother Kyle, look at Kyle Larson. He's digging on the outside, but boom, right in front of him is a 17 car. The 17 car hadn't been there, he would have been on the bumper of Busch even sooner. So both cars
2: had lap traffic, but Kyle Busch had it work. This was really, Setup up when the yep. show began, this final lap, Parker. This is awesome.
4: Kyle Larson goes for the slide job. He doesn't get it done. <laughs> he gets in the like core panel there of <laughs> Kyle Bush. and then at this point, he's trying to run away from Kyle Bush. Just get away any way he can but Kyle says, "No way!" He goes down the apron, overdrives the corner, which you can see here. He hits the wall because he drove in so far. Gets that back bumper the 42. Kyle spins it down there, but Kyle Busch goes on to win in this dramatic finish. And what impressive job by Kyle Larson to actually fi- still finish second! I couldn't believe that after the finish of this race. Jeff,
3: how are you keeping your composure at this point? <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I am. Ju- I am like pumping my arms and just fired up, and then. The crowd afterwards, I was shocked at the reaction. They were all booing Kyle Bush and. I didn't understand why they were booing him. I mean, he got knocked out of the way. What do you expect him to do? But that energy, that enthusiasm was amazing. You could just feel it from from the booth.
2: And both Kyle's just kind of exchanging fist bumps, handshakes, whatever it is after the race. Hey, man, they both said that that was good racing, and that was all it was. So if you look at the top 10 finishers here, phenomenal ending to the race. Plenty of other great stories as well. Martin Truex Jr. finishing fourth after starting from the rear. Clint Boyer recovering from those penalties to finish fifth. And young guns Eric Jones and Alex Bowman turning in top 10 efforts as well. Eric Amarola ended up 25th after those two loose wheels. If not for that, he really might have challenged Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson for the win. We're never going to know that, but what we do know is that Sunday's battle of the Kyles was worth the price of admission.
5: I got really boxed in behind lap cars and uh, and got really slow, and then was just trying to get all I could there uh, the last couple laps, and Larson tried to pull a slider, didn't quite complete it slid up into me, used me, and then um, I kind of used him as a little bit of a break getting into three and um, was able to come back for the victory, you know? So uh, great great thing for this Skittles, Camry, all these guys. I mean, we were horrible today. Absolutely horrendous and uh, we just never gave up. We just always kept working on it and kept making the most of it and got to where we needed it right there at the end and uh, was able to lead all those laps and if it wasn't for lap traffic, it wouldn't even have been a race. I don't know what y'all are whining about, but if you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. I just thought it was a race between Larson and I and you know when, uh, when you start bang- banging doors on one another that's what it turns the race into and it's fair game after that so um, you know if he would have raced fair game off of two and, and not bang doors then we would have been just fine into turn three but um that's the way it goes sometimes and um, proud to get ourselves a, another win here at Chicagoland it's been a long time and um, pretty cool going to victory lane. I oh, mean I'm not upset
6: uh, I had an opportunity there to to slide in front of him and I, I figured I wouldn't clear him or or I would allow him to drive back underneath me. So uh, I tried to get to his door and, and you know, I, I opened the door for him to retaliate into three. So I thought it was free game. You know, I ran into him first. He got me after that, maybe a little bit worse than I got him. But, uh, you know, that's, that's all right. I love racing Kyle. I know all you fans are probably mad at him, but uh, hey, we put on a hell of a show for you guys. And uh, that was that was a blast. I had the top in there. I ran the right front off of it a little bit, you know, trying to run those guys down, and uh, <laughs> I mean that's got to be one of the best NASCAR finishes of all time. I know I, I, I'm on the short end of the stick again, but uh, you know it was it was fun. And I just want to thank all you guys for being fans of the sport, fans for all of us drivers. Um, we really appreciate it, and uh, man, that was just a that was a fun race. You know, it was. We we both got our elbows up there. We ran into each other a couple of times, and, and uh, he came out the winner. So, um, you know, I think if roles were reversed, I'd have done the same thing if, if he got into me off two. So, uh, I, I probably would have ran into him into three. So, um, can't can't fault him for that. You know, that was just hard racing.
2: Kyle Larson, pretty gracious in defeat. He has finished second to Kyle Busch four times in the Cup Series. Uh, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick leading the Monster Energy Series with five wins apiece. Bush's 30 playoff points give him the top spot on our playoff leaderboard. Meanwhile, Alex Bowman continues to stay on that bubble. He's up 23 points on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for that final playoff spot. So, Jeff, if you are Kyle Larson. What are you thinking about on Monday? Are you racking your brain? Could he have done anything differently? I mean, he knows what it's like to finish as a runner-up to Kyle Busch. He desperately wants to win. What does that conversation in your head go like as a driver?
3: Well, first of all, because Kyle Larson is a racer at heart, I think he appreciates what just happened, and he was he was part of it. and And – You know, the fact that under the heat of the battle, he's able to step back and say, hey, look, I don't blame Kyle Busch. I'd have done the same thing. That tells me how level-headed he is and understands how racing works. So having said that, I think that he appreciates the history that was made. He appreciates that this this race is going to be talked about for a long time. But I know as a driver, he's thinking, what could I have done different? Could I have come out? Could I have done something different without just wrecking Kyle Busch? I don't think that he meant that he wanted to just wreck Kyle Busch to win the race. Once he got into him, could he have done something different? Could he have just overdriven turn three and kept Kyle from getting into him? Those are things you just never know. But I just believe Kyle Larson is more into the respect of the sport and the fact that he is going to be – this race is going to go down as one of the best races, is going to be on that list – I think that he appreciates that and is glad to be part of it, to be Je- honest with
4: you. Jeff, you know, he called himself uh, la- last fall the last true racer, and I think that really goes to that fact that he's just such a has so much respect for racing. But, you know, what I was just thinking about is basically, you know, you talked about him overdriving turn three and trying to get away from Kyle Busch there in that moment. I mean, do you think that's something that he could have done, just drove overdrove it or go to the top or something that he could have done differently after he's hit him there, basically?
3: Well, armchair quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what I want. I want you to money more right? quarterback this place. Yeah. So so when you're Kyle Larson, okay, watch right here. You drive in the corner, you know you've overdriven the corner. You've driven in here hoping something's gonna happen. So what happens is you make contact with Kyle Bush. So a little of, the, of you is like, oh no, I'm gonna wreck him. Well now he's like, okay, now I gotta go in, now I gotta go in. You gotta process that all that quickly. And then he's driving into turn three and he's gotta devise a plan. He doesn't have a lap to devise the plan because he didn't know what was going to happen on the exit of <laughs> turn two. So, you know, I'm not going to armchair quarterback, and I think there's some things he could have done different if he had the chance to do it again today, but that's not how life works. So I just I appreciate the effort. Uh, I appreciate the response from Kyle Bush. and I just don't want to play armchair quarterback. There are some things that maybe he could have done, but I've been in that situation, had to make that decision, split second, very difficult thing to do. They both brought everything they had to bear, and I would rather focus on that than, than try to second-guess anyone.
2: Well, how about this? What about the way that he saved it at the end? I mean, describe the level of difficulty, Parker, for a driver to hang on the way that he did. That was
4: incredible. I mean, Jeff and I were talking about it this morning, basically, that He was so calm and composed as he's going through that spin there where he's getting spun for the lead. You see him get nailed by Kyle Busch here as they're going through the middle of three and four. And then when we had that onboard shot, you can actually see him downshift in the car very calmly down to third gear. He He gets back in the throttle, basically, to drive the car off the banking so he doesn't go to the outside wall. He then gathers it up. And is able to go on and finish second. I mean, that was incredible car control. I just couldn't believe, as I was watching that, he actually finished second. I'd assumed he'd end up spun out in the grass there, kind of like we saw Kyle Busch happen to him uh, last year at Las Vegas with Kyle, of Joe Logano. So, I mean, I, I just assumed that there was no way he was ever going to save that car, and somehow he's able to get done.
3: And, and, Parker, Parker, I, I, I'd i like to go back, and if we can, if we can pull, pull that video back of Kyle Busch getting into the back of Kyle Larson, because... If Kyle Larson was a half a lap, half a car length further away, Kyle Busch doesn't get to him. Kyle had drove in the corner. He drove in the corner so far that he's coming off the bottom when he makes contact with Kyle Larson. See him off the bottom. Wait, the bottom? You mean the apron? He went to yes. the apron. That's because he was going so fast into that corner that I don't know how he made the corner. I mean, he, which by the way, he didn't. He hit the wall. It kept himself from from getting enough damage to not get across the start finish line. I, I think that from the start finish line back to the start finish line, that was incredible driving by both drivers being in very very difficult situations, and both of them made it back to the line first and second. I I, I could see that happen and one of them not coming back, but they they both finished first first and second and. It's just fascinating to watch. Parker and I have been in those cars, Carolyn, and we understand. It looks from watching on the outside. you just just driving the corner deep and running into somebody, and it's that easy. But it's not that easy. And for both of those guys to, to, to still be going straight without cars just completely destroyed, uh, sitting there burning down. Finishing the last car in a lead lap is quite amazing, really.
4: Yeah, and that's the thing. You you talked about him going in that corner so hard being Kyle Busch, trying to get to the back bumper of Larson. And that's what I, I laughed with, because when I saw him get the apron, I was like, I don't even know if he's gonna get there. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. I was like, he's great, he's making a major lunge here. And I mean he just sent it off that corner and you know, with all saying basically, I'm gonna get you back. And he got him. I mean, but if he doesn't get to the back bumper of Kyle Larson, he goes in the wall anyway, because there's no way he was making that corner of how <laughs> hard he drove. You it gotta
2: in. love having two drivers on the show today after one of the best races we've seen in a while because you both are just giddy and we've yeah, got so excited it's got cool
4: we get so to much. talk about driving yeah.
2: what's not the like we've got so much to cover though in the next hour because really from start to finish it was such a complex race kyle bush not even the only bush that was battling on sunday kurt and his teammate kevin harvick dropping the gloves at the end of stage two so what is proper etiquette when teammates trifle and while we are discussing driver code here What do our drivers think of lapped cars getting in the way of the leaders at the end of a race? Is that okay? Is it not okay? Was yesterday's finish one of the best ever? We are going to show you some of NASCAR's greatest finishes over the years and hear what our drivers think, and we're also going to take another look at Dale Jr.'s debut in the booth. One phrase I know we are going to hear again. Side job! (laughs) Back with more after this.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for 20,000 miles.
2: The Verizon IndyCar series is here on NBCSN. It is all American short track action at the cornfields of Iowa with the Iowa Corn 300. That is Sunday at 2.30 Eastern right here on NBCSN. Back to yesterday's race at Chicagoland. The end of stage two featured a battle between Kurt Busch and his teammate Kevin Harvick.
1: The white flag comes out one more time around. This is the final lap of stage two. Big run. Here comes the four on the high side with momentum. It'll be a great battle as they go through three and four. Kurt Busch, is he going to be able to hold off Kevin Harvick? No. Through the middle of the track. (laughs) He ain't. Harvick, momentum. Can he keep it up? The four takes him all the way up to the wall. And Kevin Harvick's going to win. Wow, that was awesome. (laughs) That was awesome! I mean, really, really. That's a teammate right there, everybody. Tune into NBC Live. That's what a teammate does.
0: Never expected that from a teammate. Never expected it. Wow.
3: You're racing! It's a stage win, man! You're racing! Man, that was an exciting stage in to get that win right there. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, it's
1: just all about hitting your marks right. You know, Kurt was doing a good job at getting the bottom. I tried the very top. Felt like I needed a run where I ran in one and two just to have a chance
5: to save even. And found some grip down here and, and was able to make it stick.
1: So, you know, I just had to go where he wasn't. And that's the cool part about this racetrack. So just uh, keep clicking away.
5: Everything's going okay.
0: Your teammate Kurt is going to have a little conversation, I'm sure, with you. Tell us about those final laps racing him for the stage win and why it meant as much to you as it would have meant to him. I don't know why he would have a conversation. Maybe you can tell me that, but, you know, I thought it was a
6: good race there and and just, um, you know, got a stage point.
2: So, Jeff, we heard your reaction in the moment, which is basically this is racing and there's a lot on the line. But as you think about that again and continue to listen to more from Kurt Busch, what do you make of this notion that teammates have an alliance? Is that a thing?
3: Well, listen, I don't blame Kurt Busch for being disappointed that he didn't win the stage. He's racing for a championship, too. And, and, but the anger Kurt Busch gave to a teammate because he passed him, I think is misplaced. Uh, if stage racing matters and points matter, then there are no teammates when it comes to the finish of the race or the finish of the stage. If it is, then why are we gonna watch? I mean, if Kevin Harvick's gonna let someone win the race or a stage, then why are you gonna sit at 95 degree temperature and and watch that the fans deserve to see drivers going at it. Kevin Harvick didn't do anything wrong. He didn't run into the he didn't run into the back of you. He didn't knock you out of the way. He he did nothing but race, and he raced to get a stage win. And and that's the whole intent of stage racing. So I get that the stage win is that important, and that Kurt was upset. I get that completely. But the anger displayed to a teammate, it's not about a teammate. It's about wins and losses, and and. If you're expecting that much from a teammate to let you win, I think that expectation is way too high.
4: Well said, and I'd have to say that there's no gimmies in racing, right? There just isn't. There's not. There's no gimmies in this sport, and especially when there's something on the line. You know, I think... When, when we talk about teammates and maybe racing each other differently, we think many times when there's nothing on the line, right? I've, I've had plenty of teammates where if it's the middle of a run and it doesn't mean much, you let each other by, whoever's faster, that sort of thing. But if you're actually racing for something, I'm going to race you the same way I'd race anyone else, which is I want to win. I want to use any tool at my disposal. And so what Kevin did there was he got on that quarter panel of Kurt Busch and took the air off him, which is something you do trying to beat someone to the line. And that's exactly what happened there. And I think... Kurt, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, was maybe hoping for some common courtesy that you get in the middle of races, or the middle of runs, when there's nothing up for grabs, right? But this was up for a stage win. So there was something up for grabs. So I just think, you know, it was misguided by Kurt. I know he's disappointed. I know that he really wanted that. He didn't, you know, felt like probably after it all went down, he maybe could have done something different to hold Kevin Harvick off. But he didn't, and therefore he was disappointed. He let his displeasure known on the radio, which... He's been known to do every now and then. And I think, you know, the thing is that he didn't get the common courtesy because there was something up for grabs.
2: Is this a problem? I, is this a problem, Jeff? Because this is not the first time that we have talked about this team dynamic, and it sounds like from what Parker is saying, in some instances when there isn't a playoff point on the line, there is gray area.
3: So, so real quick, back, back to Kurt. I, I, I do want to defend him about one thing, and, and that is that when you're at the heat of the moment, you know, people say things they don't always mean. You're mad, and it just comes out wrong. But uh, I do want to say that because I've said things before that I regretted saying, and I really didn't mean them, but I was mad when I said them.
4: Wait, um, Jeff. Jeff, you mean at 150 degree heat, you might say right, something. You might be right. a little flustered and say something that I, I know is totally exactly. What you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: But but but. So, Carol, the, the great thing about teammates is that you have a group of people. You have hundreds of people working to make. All of our race cars better than everybody else's, and we're all in this together. That's the great thing about it. The bad thing about it is, in many cases, and we're going to see it this weekend at Daytona, is that there's unrealistic expectations. And so when something happens and it's your teammate, it hurts more because you have this unrealistic expectation that because you're working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that we're going to work on Sunday also. And you do work together on Sunday, but you know, Kevin Harvick didn't lay off of of uh, of the 14 car, Clint Boyer, for the Michigan win. Clint Boyer didn't pull over and let Kevin Harvick win because Kevin had the best car all day long. At some point, we're what are we doing? Yes. We're racing. And so that's where teammates become very, very difficult. I, I, I used to tell my teammates, Parker, you know, if you can help me without hurting you, I love that. Yep. But don't you dare try to help me if it's going to hurt you. You know why? Because I'm not going to. Exactly. I'm not going to do something that's going to help you and hurt me. I it's like the golden rule. I you guess treat it others just, how you want to be treated. It
2: just feels though, like something is getting lost in translation. Because if that's the game plan, how on earth could Kurt Busch not understand that when there's a playoff point on the line at the end of stage two that Kevin Harvick is not going to try to be aggressive to get that?
4: I, I think it just goes back to the fact that he said, you know, if we're going to defend Kurt, it's just that he's hot, he's in that car, and he's disappointed. He just said some things on the radio They probably, when it all got said and done, he thought, well, you know, wait, maybe I didn't really mean a lot of what I said there. But, you know... It, it's the same thing. There's common courtesy. There's teammates. And Jeff just said a great example. You work together Monday through Friday, but come Sunday, this is a, you know, this is the job is to get the best finish you can for your car and you. All and right. Simple.
2: By the way, for everybody watching at home, there is more um, to that conversation from Kurt Bush on the all, I guess the one-sided conversation. We're going to play it all for you um, during our all portion on tomorrow's show. So it's uh, it's a little bit more heated than we showed you during our race broadcast. Make sure you're with us for that tomorrow. Um, Kurt's brother, Kyle. <laughs> also take an issue with the way that a couple of cars raced him. This time, though, in the closing laps of Sunday's race, lapped drivers helped set up that thrilling finish on Sunday. But were they right to race the leaders as hard as they did? Was it worth it? That discussion next.
1: That's Newman, man. Newman, Newman. Newman doesn't want to get past. I mean, Kyle Busch... <laughs> Is That that right there (laughs) has sent Kyle Busch over the edge. That Newman raced him off the corner and cost him the ability to get back into the throttle off a turn four. Here comes Newman again, right onto the back bumper of that 18. Expect the guys to give you a little bit more leeway when you're racing for a win, but Newman is Newman. That's what we expect. He's going to race you no matter what. The 18 to the inside. Here comes Newman again. Here comes Larson. Will this outer lane? Contact there again. The 18 slides up the racetrack. The 17 right in front of the 42. Now the 17 hindering the 42's progress. Three laps to go. Now down to two.
2: Both Ryan Newman and Ricky Stenhouse are trying to get into the playoffs, and every single spot matters. Newman finished 15th yesterday, the last car on the lead lap. He is 22nd in the standings. Stenhouse finished 16th yesterday, and he is one spot out of the playoffs, trailing Alex Bowman by 23 points. Newman has a reputation for being tough to pass. We have established that. Here's what he told us about that on NASCAR America last year.
1: I absolutely hate it when people block you. Down the straightaway, weaving and all that stuff. I absolutely hate it. So I just hold my line, get down in the corner, and take my path and hold them off. Like, it's to me, it's just, and it's the right time in the right place. I I won't do that on the third lap or the 30th lap, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, towards the end of the race when it really makes a difference, that's when you're supposed to be hard to pass.
2: Parker, does any driver have a right to be where they are at the end of a race
4: yes absolutely i'm going to say that the in stenhouse's position especially he had every right to be racing newman as hard as he could and kurt bush was in that group there and he actually beat kurt bush so i mean that was one point more valuable to him making the playoffs so i think that was very important now also when you look at that video in newman's case he he describes it right there where he says i don't move my line now when first when kyle caught him before this section right here he didn't move his line. Kyle just caught him, and he ran his line and did what Newman does, which is he stayed exactly in the same line he was running and said to Kyle, basically, if you can find a way around me, find a way around me. Now, this moment right here where he then repasses Kyle, I don't know if I can defend that as much as maybe he thought the best and safest place at that point was basically going low because that looked like it was going to be a wreck. You know, They were three wide going off in the corner, and he's thinking, you know what, I'm just going to find safe ground here, which was down the inside. But I think the first portion where he, you know he held up, kyle bush i i don't see anything wrong that he was doing there he just told kyle basically i'm not going to pull over you just have to find a way around me
2: jeff kyle bush said after the race said he had a problem with this well i understand why he has a problem with it
3: but you know internally i have a hard time saying kurt bush shouldn't be complaining about people racing and then tell people not to race so you know i'm conflicted on this I, I think the leaders deserve a chance to get this late in a race a chance to get themselves a little bit of free pathway um but at the same time, these guys are racing for position. And the thing that gets me is right here, I mean, we don't have a real good shot of it, but Stenhouse, I mean, he gets into the quarter <laughs> panel of the winner of the, of the leader of the race. I mean, he actually makes contact with them. And, and so as the, as a guy that's been in the situation both times, I appreciate that those guys are all racing for a position. That is one position that could make the difference between them making the playoffs or not. I also understand why Kyle Busch is like, what are you doing? Like, get out of my way. And and so I see both sides of it. I don't understand the contact. I don't understand uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the right rear quarter panel of, of the leader. I don't understand that. I do understand that the 31's on the very bottom of the racetrack They're three wide. He's still trying to beat the 31, but to make contact with the leader, I think that's stepping over the bounds a little bit. Jeff,
2: how could you understand what Kyle Busch is saying though when there is no way we're even talking about Ryan Newman on this Monday if he wouldn't have held his line or held his ground or whatever? I mean, there's a business aspect of this where some of these drivers are not only fighting for the playoffs, but you know, he always says it's his job to drive his car the way that he can drive it best.
3: Well, that's exactly right, and that's what I said. I'm a little conflicted that I've been on both sides of that street. I've, I've I've been the leader that caught lap cars and and had the second place guy breathing down my neck and it was a few laps left to go and I'm like, "Dude, like give me some respect." And I've also been that guy that's that's, you know, my year depends on a few spots and I'm in a position I don't really, really want to be in. They didn't want to be in this position. I mean, Stenhouse and and Newman and they didn't want to be in this position, but they were there and then then they're in the middle of a race. They're in the middle of trying to get out of the way and contend for the for their spot. So this is a tough situation for everybody. I, I, Again, I don't mind people racing hard. I think they should race hard. I, I'd like to think that they could find a way to race hard, if collectively say, OK, let's work together on this deal. Let's let the leaders go, then go back racing each other. I've seen that done in the past. Uh, that's kind of how it used to be, to be honest with you. But in this case, you know, they just all felt like they had to race. So I'm not going to get on anybody about it. I don't understand Ricky Stout Jr. making contact. That, <laughs> yeah. to me, is over the line. Uh, but, you know, they're doing what they got to do. Jeff, you bring up a good point, which I thought of
4: there, that basically you don't want to be in that position that Stenhouse and Newman and them were in. You That's yeah. the last place as a race car driver you want to be is, you know, basically affecting the race win that you're not really a part of, right? That, that's the that's the place that we all basically a nightmare for any race car driver is to be in this position where you're basically, you know, holding up the leaders, but you're still racing. And eventually the, the story on Monday is that you were in the way. I mean, that's no one wants it ever to happen. So I totally, you know, understand where they want to be in and I'll say this, I've been in Kyle's position, too, and as when you're in his position, Kyle Bush's, you are screaming whatever you can to get those guys out of your way, because you <laughs> think whatever they're racing for is not nearly worth as much as what you're racing for. <laughs> and I mean, in some ways, he's right, but at the other day, they are racing for something.
2: All right, well, let's hey, have Carolyn, a su- yeah? Carolyn? Yes? Selfishly,
3: as a race fan... It was awesome yeah. because, because without that, we don't see that last lap duel. Hello, that's uh, what Bush I'm trying to
2: say, That is what I'm trying to say. It's a, it it's, helped. It's exciting, yeah, is it not? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I always speak for the people, for the fans. I'm sorry, but I, I thought it was great.
4: I'm with you. I'm with you. I (laughs) I mean, you you. I've seen it go the other way, too, where it holds up the second place, guys. So, you know. All
2: right. Well, one thing we know while we're talking about the fans, there was so much buzz following Sunday's race. It was incredible. We saw it on victory lap. Some were calling it the best finish ever. We're going to see how it stacks up, though, to other classic NASCAR endings straight ahead. The Cup Series returns to the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway for 400 miles of high-speed racing this Saturday at 7 Eastern, live on NBC. Before we get to Saturday, we have a full day on Friday, which includes something new Fan Friday from the Fan Zone at Daytona. It's hosted by Rutledge Wood, and Dale Jr. is going to be there. Special guests including Denny Hamlin, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon. That is live right after cup qualifying at 6 p.m. Eastern this Friday. So a big (laughs) –
3: There's your host.
2: <laughs> oh, there's your host. he is such, host. He is, such a pro- he is such a professional. Um, big weekend on tap with uh, Rutledge and the rest of the gang. But this past Sunday's race really got us thinking about some of the closest, most exciting one-two finishes that the sport has really ever seen. And, Jeff, the one that everybody points to immediately right off the bat seems to be Petty and Pearson in the 76 Daytona 500. That is the bar setter.
3: Yeah, that's a great stuff coming off turn four. They both blamed each other for this wreck. Imagine that. Things never change, right, Parker? Never. Betty, he almost makes it to the line, but doesn't quite get there. And look at Dale Inman running out on the <laughs> infield and trying to push Man, him to the start finish line. That's brave. Pearson limps across. <laughs> That's awesome stuff.
2: Yeah, that, that right there is the old so cool. Time.
4: But- I like how Richard was in the throttle the whole time there. You could see oh, him yeah. just trying like anything to get past that line. Um,
2: 2001, though, at Atlanta was pretty good. It was a great um, finish. Kevin this- Harvick and Jeff Gordon, yeah, what a finish. Yeah,
4: here you come into the checker right now. And obviously Kevin Harvick in his second race in that 29 car, Dale Earnhardt's team, after sadly his passing Daytona 500, and he wins it in a photo finish over Jeff Gordon there. It was a very emotional victory for everyone in NASCAR. And uh, just an incredible finish that we'd seen Atlanta for a couple years before that and a couple years after that.
2: There's nothing like that. There's nothing like a finish like that, Jeff.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. And that was that was Dale Earn- after Dale Earnhardt's death. And, and it was just a crazy moment uh, for the sport after his death.
2: So you started uh, this race back in 2003 at Darlington that we're going to take a look at now. The battle really existed, though, between Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch.
3: Yeah, these guys off turn four Darlington, I mean... Just unbelievable contact side by side. And they kept wrecking. I mean, the race is over and they're still wrecking. And what I love about this race is the same thing we saw this past weekend. Both of these guys recognized that they were part of an unbelievable experience, came to Victory Lane, you know, congratulated each other. That was so cool. And... You know, getting that moment I think is hard to do when you're in it, but both of those guys did it.
4: And I love how Craven basically won it by the Pontiac just being a little bit more kicked out on the nose bit. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, look, that's what they always looked at the photo. You're like, oh, the Pontiac won them that. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> Um, I know you mean the- all the
3: cars weren't always the same? No,
4: you know, <laughs> there was a
3: time.
2: There was a time, way right back in the day. Um, I know that you love this next one, 2012.
4: This Watkins
2: Glen. awesome
4: race. Here you have Kyle Busch, who spins out off the nose of Brad Kozlowski. There had been oil laid down by Bobby Labonte all around the racetrack. So Marcus Ambrose and Brad Kozlowski trade blows around the whole lap, and the road course hero that Marcus Ambrose was comes out on top. But it was one of the coolest races we've ever seen, and it got a lot of people thinking, Jeff, that we just had to oil
3: down some racetracks the last couple
2: of laps. <laughs> have great races.
3: You um, would be amazed what people think after seeing a good race is a good idea. But that yeah. was one of them.
2: After we've seen some of these great moments, it does beg the question about where you rank yesterday. I mean, for you, Parker, where where is it?
4: I think it's very high up. I think it's one of the best races we've seen in this decade. And, you know, one thing for me is that it was at a mile and a half, which we have struggled, you know, admittedly as of recent To put on great races right and these were the races that really it reminded me so much of what we saw in the early 2000s like Jeff Gordon and Kevin Harvick and what we saw in the mid 2000s at places like Atlanta and a lot of these mile-and-a- halves and for every reason as we became smarter in the sport and the cars became more aerodependent we lost the ability of having races like we saw this past weekend so for me it just ranked so high because of what we've been going through as a sport at these mile-and-a-half racetracks trying to put on good races. You know, what we saw at Watkins Glen and the Pearson one, those are iconic moments in the sport, 03 at Darlington, but this was sort of something that was, a, you know, old school in the way it all played out and the way we, the racing we saw, and that's why I get so excited about it, and I, I think it's one of the best of the decade, if not the last 20
3: years. Jeff, working for a young guy—that's great insight. I mean, (laughs) that that, you know—he's a student of the sport. No, no, I I blacked out. What did I say? (laughs) No, he loves the sport. Yeah. From an oh my, no doubt about that. (laughs) You know, from an historic standpoint, it's hard to say first, second, third, fourth. I just think it's so important to remind race fans that not every race was what we just saw with Petty and Pearson. Not every race was what we saw with Bush and Craven, and. I think that fans have kind of gotten to the point where they think these drivers aren't willing to do what those drivers did or something to that effect. These cars won't let them do what those drivers did. I think this is a reminder that in the right situation, as it took the right situation and all those other times, we can have that iconic moment. We can have those things happen. So I agree with what Parker said wholeheartedly. The timing of this I think is huge. I think having a great race, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s first call being a great race. This could be a big moment in the sport, and we need a big moment—a at a time where fans are just clamoring to to hold on to something. That is that moment they got it on Sunday. And and what's so cool about it? They didn't just get it Sunday, Parker. They got it Friday. They, yeah. got, they got it Thursday night. They got it Friday night. Mm-hmm. They got it Saturday. They got it Sunday. And they got the entire race. All the races were good from start to finish. And I think that was the kind of weekend we needed.
4: Well said.
2: It must have been it must have been junior, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey. Junior shows up. <laughs> junior shows yeah, up. Special we have an powers incredible hear, race. Um, he's certainly seen his share of very exciting finishes. And when we come back, we are gonna take a closer look at his best moments from his maiden voyage in the broadcast booth. You think the last lap of the race will make the cut? We think so. We'll be right back. <laughs>
5: Ford the jack man on the pit crew for the 18 car we had a great day today we started out struggling we started out slow pit crew we, we had to make a lot of major adjustments today and the main thing is we, we stuck with it we kept going and kept driving and getting better today and somehow we finished in, uh, in victory lane the great thing about this team is we're learning so much every single race uh, the pit crews the car setups everything so I think the best is yet to come
2: T.J. Ford and the A-team crew played a big role in getting Kyle Busch to the front on Sunday. The crew got Busch from ninth to sixth on his stop at lap 178. And after Busch drove up to second, they turned in another really fast stop to get in the lead with 59 laps to go. Meanwhile, our crew at NBC picked up a new teammate in the booth. Dale Earnhardt Jr. made his debut as our newest racing analyst this past weekend at Chicagoland.
1: All right, bud, we've worked together on the racetrack. Now we get to work together up in the booth. Yep. We've covered some Xfinity races, a few practices, but now it's the first cup race. Any nerves? Guys. Yeah, we used a scale on to team, right? Well, we tried. There were days that you went off scale. That it would just be He just
5: says words more often,
1: and that's, you know, that's why his crew chief knows that that's a serious concern. Harvick, momentum. Can he keep it up? The board takes him all the way up to the wall. And Kevin Harvick's gonna win. Wow,
3: that was awesome.
1: (laughs) Man, I love stage racing. That was awesome. (laughs) And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Slide job. I wanted Rick to say it. Slide job. Say slide job. That's what's happening. (laughs) Here comes the 18. He puts the ball the back of him. Kyle Busch will win. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh my man. I I
2: a race. Race. Everybody that works on our team absolutely <laughs> loves racing and junior is no exception. You guys are both around him this weekend. Jeff, just take us behind the scenes a little bit. I mean we saw that video, but how would you describe his debut?
3: Well, listen, he, he did a great job and he's a race fan and, and those videos you saw behind the scenes. Uh, because Dale Jr. is such a big thing, we're showing kind of these behind the scenes things, but that's how it's always been. You know, Rick and Steve and I are always high-fiving each other and we just love racing. I mean, it, it's, it's so much fun uh, to be part of a group that when we go to the racetrack, we're not going there like we have a job. We're not going to punch in and punch out. We're going there because we get to cover a race. And, it, and it's awesome. Parker's been such a huge part of that. Dale Jr.'s come in and, and he's brought a new enthusiasm you know, I think it's great to have new people come in and and Dale's reason for being there is because he loves racing and he wants to be involved and that's the kind of people that we have on our team and and he came in and fit right in and it's hard to do that. It's hard really in his spot if you think about it. We've been doing this for 3 years. Now he's coming in and and he just came right in and fit in cuz he's just like a, I mean he's just a normal guy and and I think because his name's so big, people tend to think he's not, but he's just a normal guy that wants to go to the race and have a good time, and that's what you saw on Sunday.
4: And he definitely, you know, as you said, slot in so well, and I, I think. In all the conversations I have with him, you could just tell he so badly wanted to do well at this. You know, he mm-hmm. wanted to do something great and to add to the sport in some respect. And I think he definitely did that. And you could just tell how authentic he was as a race fan. You know, that's what always gets me about him. He has incredible knowledge of the history of the sport. And he just loves racing and loves yeah. the sport and wants to help it, you know, take it to the next level any way he can. And that's he's found this to be the way he wants to do that. And I'm so glad he did because he made that race so fun to watch. Yeah. It was just awesome. Those calls were great. And who doesn't love his now signature signature tagline. Slide job.
2: Jeff, what are the chances that this guy walks into the group and all of a sudden now he's got people making T-shirts immediately that say slide job on it? I mean. People are making it? them? They stole my business what idea. What are the odds? No. Sorry.
3: <laughs> it, you know, it's awesome for our sport. And, and and you know, we have to remember that as as broadcasters, it's our job to bring the sport to the fans. And and that's why when, when the conversation first started about, you know, we might could bring Dale Jr. on board Every single person is like, yes, man, let's do it. Because, you know, we we know him. We, we've been around him enough to know what kind of person he is. And we knew it wasn't going to be a problem with him coming in and not fitting in. We knew he was going to work hard. We knew he cared. We knew he wanted to do it. And you know what? we figure out the rest. We'll just figure it out. Because if you want to do it and you care about doing it, you can do it. And and we knew that would be the case. I The, the thing that shouldn't go unnoticed, though, and Parker said it, is... Dale Jr. and this entire team wanting to be the best. And Dale Jr. didn't come in and say, well, I'm Dale Jr. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Dale Jr. came in and he's asked a million questions. And I have so much respect for him because he could be the other way, right? He's Dale Jr. He could do whatever the hell he wants to do. But he's come in and said, you know what? I want to fit in. I want to be—I want to be one of the guys. I don't want to be the guy. I want to be one of the guys, and I just think
2: that's awesome. One of the things he always says is that he has a lot to learn, and I love yeah. that about him because it speaks so brilliantly to Jeff's point. And you're not going to say it, Jeff, so I will. You did a phenomenal job as well of being incredibly gracious and welcoming, and um, it was really—it was great to listen to. Let's go slide job one more time before you. Yeah, right All right, why let's, not. let's go. Let's go. Do we have let's it? Let the people watch. Yeah, <laughs>
1: into the bottom of the
2: track. Slide job, trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Yes. <laughs> oh Love my it. goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, we've got something serious that we need oh. to talk about after the break. Oh no. New, oh no. Yeah, it's it's heavy, guys. New season of the NASCAR America Fantasy League kicked off Ooh. on Sunday. We are all desperate to steal the bragging rights from Rick <laughs> I'm Allen. I want you to guess which of the three of us, which order we finished in. After the weekend. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Sit on that. Let the best, that. The marinate. best guy's initials let are that, JB. Let that marinate. <laughs> we'll be right
0: back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
2: There, our new race open is pretty sweet. We are running down a dream in our NASCAR America Fantasy League. Here are the top five NBC broadcasters after week one. Very impressive showing by Nate Ryan. What in the world is Rutledge Wood doing in the middle of there? He did not show up in our first 10-week fantasy league at all. He is is now now tied with Jeff Burton. I cannot believe that. Uh, Hey, by the way, this is where Parker and I stand. I'll let you know that I am extremely happy to be somewhere in the 600s here, but um, um you kept somebody in the garage.
4: Yeah, at, I kept uh, Kyle Busch in the garage. That was intelligent. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, going to be like Kyle Larson. You guys just wait till I get to the high line. I'm going to start coming like, in that final stage.
2: Honestly, I listened to Steve Vitar, which is a huge mistake. I put Kyle Busch in the garage. Um, all right, last night on, on Victory Lap, we answered so many questions from the fans about Sunday's race. They continued to come in after we went off the air. So we want to ask a couple questions now. First one we have is from Mike. Okay, so if the finish would have been reversed, this is a good one, Jeff. Do you think Kyle Bush would have shown the same class that Kyle Larson did?
3: If Kyle Bush would have gotten knocked out of the way and Kyle Larson went on to win without a chance to get into the back of Kyle Larson and repay him, Kyle Bush would have been mad. He would have been angry and upset because he should have been. In this case, it was okay because – the guy that started the contact ended up not winning, and then then it's okay. If it hadn't have worked out that way, then Kyle Busch would have been mad, and rightfully so.
4: And he hates not winning, so I
2: agree with that. So okay, yeah. all right. So and then we've got. I think we've got time for maybe one more. What else we got? Give it to us. Okay, Um, this one looks like it's just for Parker specifically. Um, Who have you ever wanted to retaliate against? Uh, Marcus Ambrose, (laughs) and I don't
4: mind saying it. It was 2013 at at Mid-Ohio, and he spun me out once. I spun him back, and after the race, I go back to retaliate against him. And here comes Kyle Larson, and he slams right into him because Kyle Larson was just as angry at him as me. We both got called the holler that day.
2: Jeff, do you have a laundry list, basically, of guys over the course of your career?
3: I'm still in the sport, working with people that are in the sport that make me mad. So I'm reserve. I'm I'm oh, the quiet. mayor.
2: Oh, the mayor! Always a gentleman. Hashtag Victory Lab. You can always use that to send us your questions. You can use hashtag NASCAR America as well. Very happy birthday today to the king, Richard Petty, 81 years old today. Happy birthday to him. We're going to be back Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern with Scandal Chicago. And, man, is that a good one. We'll see you then. Same time, same place. Thanks for watching.